0: I wasn't just talking to myself here because yeah, I forgot to plug in the microphone We take a 2 week hiatus and Biz forgets to plug in the audio yeah, I'm, I'm
1: just that
0: bad. But guess what y'all just get me and Biz tonight So we're ready to rock and roll we're kind of excited about this We haven't done this since the very first season I mean it's been a minute since you and I I mean did this with everybody else to where they can, you know, hop on here. Whoever comes on tonight, feel free to chime in. I'm mainly going to be watching the Facebook stream, so if you are watching on YouTube, jump over to the Facebook. If you're not getting any responses, I'll try to bounce back and forth, but business computer is on the other end of the table way so.
1: down there. So I got to, I'm going to be peeping at it from here to make sure the signal doesn't yeah. I have to do producer duties from way over here. Yeah. I can so. do that
0: though. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll be all right. We'll, we we'll we, okay. we we can handle this. Can I think this. I we're think professionals so. now.
1: Yeah. Cause we've been doing this shit for like a year and some change. So I guess, oh, no, I, know we, I guess we know what we're doing.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> we're on season two. We're not quite to a year yet. It feels like it, it. feels like it though. That's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, good. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, cool.
1: Well, how you doing, man? I am tired. I know. I am tired. Between the whiskey workout program, which is held... I'm more (laughs) tired of all the accountability. The the workout is the easy part. It's Alex getting in your ass when you don't log this right, when you don't do... I mean, and it's not a bad thing. Don't let me look at bad... Like I said, I work out and do all the gym stuff for years, but having somebody actually hold you accountable, having somebody educate you how to eat when you... Wanna like it's cool how he does it. Like, yo, man, he said, "What you did today?" I said, oh, "I did blah blah blah." But since I was with my kids, I had this, this, and this, and he doesn't. He doesn't be like, "Oh, you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have ate that." He's more like, "So if you do do this, have this instead of that." Yeah, and you don't. There's no guilt. There's no nothing, and it makes you not even want to go to a drive through no more. Like, skip it. You guys get drive through. I'm going home and get like salmon and a salad.
0: No, and he's even said like. Talking to Alex about it, a lot of the people that are perfect about like checking everything off and just go so hardcore, they fade, they fizzle, they struggle early on. Like I actually might go back to incorporating a few more of the things now that I'm in the follow-up program because I don't, I'm not required to log every single thing, but I kind of liked that accountability after a while. Once I got used to it, once it became habit, it was easy, you got, and I, I eat a lot of the same things regularly to but stay d- very But d- does consistent. it bother you? No, no, I mean, exactly. I'm kind of a creature of habit, so I mean, food once is I now, got in
1: my- Food is fuel.
0: Yeah, and I got in my it's routine. Pleasure. It's a routine, you know, like, yeah. I consistently have one of these two, maybe three things for breakfast every morning. I have my protein shake. I have my protein bars that I fill in the day with, and then dinner, we mix it up some. But I mean, like, it's not a lot of. I mean, we don't go crazy. Like, we well, get first a protein.
1: Of all, cool food costs a lot of damn money now. That's the yeah. one thing. Oh,
0: dude, it's bruh. crazy. I don't know how people with kids do it. Like, oh, I watch these kids just throwing noodles. stuff into the cart, oh, they're and spoiled. parents they're spoiled. about to have a it in the store
1: my, and, man, if you take your kids to the store you you damn crazy I don't man. I don't either that or you need to train them because my at man my nine-year-old oh look at that lunchables I said oh look at that you buy, you buy. but he caught me kind of out there because my son Oliver earns money when he plays football mm. so when he pulls a flag against a touchdown he does get it so he's one of the few kids that like you got money he'd be like
0: yep Yep. I pulled the flag three
1: times, dad. I, I was like, which Lunchable do you want, boy? Just go ahead on. and I, Yeah, he'd be, he be, he be calling me out. He there. don't
0: forget. Not at all. He does not forget. Between
1: Robux and grocery and snacks, like, he is, he's on it. So let me recant that statement. Um, but he earns it, though. Yeah. We don't, I don't give my kids nothing. He, and that's kind of what, like, I think today's show is about a little bit since we're on the fly. But what is common sense? Even though we spell it like money, it's still meant to be the use of your brain in life. And um, the people we interview, we have on the show, it's more about how did you use your common sense? What things led you down your journey, down your path? Was it an elder? Was it a parent? Was it a mentor? Was it yourself? Was it realization? How did you use? Because I I think the world is really teetering on the lack thereof of common sense lately. Mm -hmm. And which is basically, in layman's terms, use of good judgment. And I'm not going to talk about the craziness that happened this weekend because I respect that situation. I'm more talking about, like you said, the, the, the parent letting the kid throw everything in the shopping cart. Yeah. You know, or when you know that you've had 17 bourbons or something and you opt sh- should not to get an Uber and get mad that you have a DUI. Yeah. Somebody told you that girl was crazy and you still went over there and got that phone number. Banana cream, just that common sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just so many ways talking about common sense can go. And that, that's kind of where we went with that because, and I didn't want it to just be talking about the lack thereof. You know, I wanted people to talk about, you know, their failures, their successes, but not to short play the failures because there's a lesson learned in all their failures. And, you know, sitting back here and sitting behind this mic or in the lounge with, all the different people you know, that we've had on the show and many more to come, those are the stories we start talking about and you know that's where you really get to know somebody and you start finding out like, you, you may have a certain image of somebody because all you see is the social media of that person or just what they put on when they're in the lounge with you or public. But when you start having those deeper conversations and diving in and really getting to know somebody, you, you start to see what they put into it to get there, so, you know. It's so easy with social media and all these different forms of social media for people to just see the glitz and glamour and to just get caught up in that. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it at times too. I mean, well, it's like, validation. People yeah. have to
1: now. They live through validation, and so one thing that was uh, told to me was, you know, I'm old school with raising kids because of my, my 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 grandparents, my my grandmother especially, but. Um, I, I never really thought about it. And I look at my 14 year old, there's so many days I just be like, man, what the hell? Why don't you get it? Like, are you refusing? But people, I was told that it's harder now to be a child than it was in our day. Oh, I'm sure. Because I on you. We didn't exactly. We, you didn't have the pressure of acceptance of the world. You know, the example I always use if we got in a fight at school and you whip my ass, hey, that goes no further than those hallways in that school. It's just like, I got beat up today, shake hands and we go. Now, Everybody has their camera phones out. Yeah. So if you get whooped, the entire planet will see you get beat up. Now you become a meme. Now you become people are in your inbox, in your parents' inbox. People are, te- I mean, now your whole life can be ruined in one embarrassing moment because the world sees it and how you judge yourself.
0: You know, and I, I think that's where bullying and I mean, I call some of that stuff just hazing and, you know, stuff like that that we had when we were kids. Was it bad and, you know, I mean, I think about stuff that happened, you know, growing up playing football and baseball. We, you know, the seniors and the older kids when we were on select teams or when you were in high school, they did shit to you, even if you were but good. We, but we
1: knew that was coming. Yeah, you knew that, that was coming, that. When We expected that. When we first got yeah. to high school, we knew we got caught downstairs. We had the ROTC was downstairs in the high yeah. school. I was at. And, man, I had a locker downstairs, and that's where they would catch you at. When you're a freshman coming on a football team, you knew it was coming. But it was like it, it got to the point, but then as the season and, and everything went on, then y'all became boys. But it, it's just but how a much, rite of passage period. Yeah, and
0: rite of passage and stuff like that. But – How would we feel about that? You know, in our time, like you said, that happened. That happened in that locker room. That happened, you know, off-site, whatever, and it stayed there. And it was your kind of acceptance, and, like, you knew once that happened to you, like, yeah, I made varsity, and this is the varsity, like, you know, letting me know, like, all right, you're here. Like, yeah, you're good kid, but we're going to remind you that, like, this is what's up.
1: There was some. There, there was. I mean, it was rough, but there was no intent to to, to overly hurt how, and damage somebody.
0: You're right, and you know, even in even the difference between like Connecticut and Texas to like stuff that happened in, in. Well, I'm just gonna call it hazing. You know, hazing when you made varsity or you were in the locker room with the guys and the stuff that happened. Yeah, there was always somebody or a select group that took shit way too far yeah and you know they got they got handled and that and that got that got dealt with it was addressed i mean there was even an incident when i got to texas where this guy got yanked out of you know my algebra class and he went to jail like i mean Lesson you learned. took it too far bro like Lesson you learned. you crossed the line like that stayed there but the in-between stuff I mean, I'll even tell a story here in a minute but uh, of what happened to me. But even when that stuff happened, it didn't go on social media like you said for the world to watch it. Like, how much worse would that have been? Like, think about – I don't know what happened to you. I'll tell my story in a minute. But I know the two different things that happened to to me in football that – I mean, I got over it pretty quickly. I mean, I wasn't like, I mean, yeah, at the time it was humiliating. After the fact, it was like, all right, we're going to get these dudes back. You know, we got something for them too. And, and then it was over with, you know, and the season went on and we all became friends and everything was cool. It didn't, it wasn't like it stayed like that. But how different would that be if that was on social media? And I got put out there to where, it wasn't just the locker room or the few people that heard about it outside the locker room that kind of razzed you about it. But the whole school, the whole world was able to see that, and it was captured on video. Because I'll t- I'll tell you, both of the ones that happened to me, if that had been put on social media, it had made the damn news, and it would have been bad bad, and uproar. Because the first one, so in Connecticut, as freshmen, when you come in, they ship all the kids off during the summer before school starts to a football camp mm-hmm. like it was like some kind of like military college or military school where there's dorms you eat sleep and drink football mm-hmm. for a week you practice together and then now i think it's, it might be two weeks but then you scrimmage and you know you all, it's a big it turns into a tournament between mm-hmm. the schools before the season even starts well I remember one of the very first nights, the seniors made us take our jock straps, filled them with shaving cream. We wore them like Bader masks and had to run the halls. I mean, that's hazing. That that's... sucked, and it was embarrassing. But there's, but
1: there's no physical harm.
0: We weren't hurt. It didn't do. Anything. I mean, yeah, your pride's a little hurt. You know, you're wearing your jock strap and your cup on your face, running around in your BBDS. You know, like tearing ass through the hallway, trying to not get caught by the coaches. You know, and make it back, and you had to make the lap. And, you know, if you man. weren't fast, man, you better be getting it because the guys at the end, by then, all the noise is coming. So now the coaches are coming out of their rooms. But what if that had been put on a video and put out on social media? The
1: whole program would have been shut down.
0: I, I mean, right then and there. The other one, which is way worse, and what I liked about the Connecticut did, and I, I think schools should do this everywhere. When I was a freshman in high school, They assigned every boy and girl to a senior. Some had to like a sponsor, kind of like a sponsor, a big brother, big sister. Mm -hmm. So I got lucky, you know, because I had only been there for two years. You know, I was there for seventh and eighth grade. Still was kind of like, you know, I didn't know everybody. Like these, kids smaller towns, so these kids all grew up together, old families, long histories. Mm -hmm. I got the captain of the football team slash captain of the lacrosse team and hockey captain on is my big brother. Tad. I'm like, I mean, this dude, I mean, there's Dan. He had a mohawk. Same thing. Nobody was messing with this dude. And nobody was messing with me because they didn't want to have to deal with him. And I was his responsibility for the first week or two.
1: First off, the dude played lacrosse. Yeah. I, I, I know zero people that play lacrosse, and I think that's pretty much of a physical sport. So he must have been something to deal with.
0: Dude, linebacker. I mean, the dude was a beast.
1: See, we played Kilda, man. You get a whole bunch of cats in the street, yeah. and we would tackle in the street, not on the grass, in the street. Whoever threw the ball up, catch it. You get tackled. You may get slammed against the Buick, get knocked over, a Chevy hit the pole, whatever. That was fun. But you had
0: Dan. I had Dan. I think his last name was Pascal.
1: That just sounds ominous. I mean,
0: like, dude had a mohawk. I mean, he was bad. Did he so, become something? You know, I don't really know, man. I lost touch with most people from Connecticut oh, when okay, I left. I
1: she knows about Texas. So that's still Connecticut. So, I
0: mean, I, yeah. So, I left at the end of my sophomore year and moved to Texas. So, what happened freshman year when we were all getting sorted out between freshman JV and varsity, there was me and this other cat, Ed Baggett. And... We were getting ready and you know, they got the little benches in front of your lockers and we're just starting to get dressed up and putting all our pads on. And about four of the seniors come and grab us. They literally taped us mounted to each other on the bench.
1: So you couldn't move. We couldn't move.
0: I mean, like we were, I mean, I don't know how many rolls of sports tape they used on us. But they held us down and literally taped us mounted to each other on the bench in the locker room. And we can literally hear roll call going on outside while they're doing warm ups and stretches. And first you hear Ed, Ed Baggett, and where's Baggett? And everybody starts snickering and laughing. Coaches are like, all right, damn it, where's Reed? You know, where's Reed? And they start laughing. And then here it comes you can hear it blow the whistle they're like all right start running. And they start running. Well, here come the coaches.
1: It's not your fault you're freaking stuck to the
0: bench. They come and find us and man I mean, they laughed. I mean, they laughed for a minute and then they untaped us like cut us off and like
1: did you have to go run?
0: No, but oh, okay, the seniors exactly. got hell. But then they d- we didn't have to run out of punishment. We had to run because we wouldn't rat out who taped us to the bench. Mm. So then we ran because we wouldn't tell them who did it. But the that's... whole team ran at first, but then afterwards at the end of practice, we refused. So then we had to run laps for not for not ratting anybody out.
1: But that's see, but that's the team that's the team. But it, it was
0: handled. But again, if someone were coming in and taking a picture or a video of that and oh, put yeah. that on social media. Whole school
1: is canceled. No more football. Um, no more I mean, nothing. Parents are going to be so the
0: world. So today. I'm not
1: so we're not like condoning it but just giving you the differences of hey like you know you're you're that was it's it's hazing but you're not physically assaulting like we kind of got physically assaulted. Like yeah. We had we played if you ever played this so what we got was called open chest. You ever play that or just when you yeah. just walk in and if you didn't have your guard up, somebody would just literally blast you in your chest and you would crumple to the ground and be like, good one, good one, good one. And you have to keep it moving. It wasn't a fight. It wasn't nothing. Just you got socked with an open chest. I was walking down the hallway and there's this kid. I can't even make this name up. His name was Xavier Kanazi. Big old Samoan and black dude. Dude, like when he, like J. Scott. Like okay. a J. Scott. And... Okay. We were in practice that day. I'm itty bitty, man. In ninth grade, I had to be maybe five, six, teetering on five, seven, but I knew how to hit you in the I, I can hit you low and I was very fast, low and fast. Boom. So even though he was a lineman and I was a guard, they would always make us get in a circle and go heads up. I mean, this dude is like six foot tall, two hundred and something pounds, and they lined me up against him. So I would just make him miss. He line come straight at me like a water buffalo. I would go to the side and make him go by, and he go helmet first into the grass. So I embarrassed him like three times. So he decided to open chest me going to class the next day, and he hit me so hard I flew through the plate glass window of, in front of the library. Ooh. So I seen him coming. I seen a flashlight, and then I'm literally sitting in the glass holding a copy of Charlotte's Web in <laughs> this glass, and glasses falling around me, and I just literally sat there. Shirts all cut up, and he just kept walking down the hallway. I end up having to pay for half the glass. Well, I didn't. My grandmother did, but I paid for it Yeah, way worse. Way, I yeah, would, you did. I'd rather have gotten hit by him than her.
0: Yeah, we didn't and, play that. But now, we, I'm
1: saying. No, I'm not saying it's a right of passage, and that's correct. Yeah. But that would have been assault charges. I actually kind of feel like it should have been because that hurt. But yeah, it was just. Kinda of that way, and and I get it. There's, but now let's let's flip it. There are times I'm very thankful we have cameras and everybody yeah. is socially aware because there's so many things that now have been justified. Um, you know, with the man, the thing that happened on the subway. Uh, I don't know whenever you'll see this, but a guy choked a guy out on the subway that was being yeah, rowdy. I saw that video. And there's there's a difference if if somebody stops struggling, stop or whatever. I get he was trying to do the right thing, but. Adrenaline, all that stuff goes into overtime and he just clocked out and he he killed the guy. And it's just you're trying to be vigilant, but then you overdo it. Now you're facing criminal charges. But now in the world of it's your word against mine, camera phones popping up everywhere are actually saving people. Yeah. versus hurting them. So it's, it's just, it's it's a give and take with the whole thing.
0: But again, some people need to have a little bit of common sense and tone gonna go things down. Yeah,
1: you know, the whole Karen thing. I actually have a bad habit after I journal at night. I will sit down and watch like 15, 20 minutes of TikTok and look up Karen videos and just die laughing. Like, I want to run into a Karen. Please let me have a Karen in my life just once. Because it's like the stuff these, these Karen and Ken's be just, I'm like, this can't be real. This has to be staged, but there are really people in life like that, that have this entitlement to think that they can just do or say whatever they want to anybody.
2: Yeah, man.
1: You know, but anyway, common sense is used in all kind of things, but I, I will say, um, give me an example of the best time in your life where you think your common sense kicked in and, I, I don't know if it saved you and made a decision, you did something, but what do you think, and I'm not even saying learning by a mistake, when you think using your common sense made a pivotal point in your life?
0: That's a tough question. Uh-huh.
1: A pivotal moment. A pivotal moment, something where your con- so for me, I was in the Army, about second year and had a really, really good friend of mine. He's still one of my best friends to this day. He's about three years older than I. And when we got to Germany, um, you, know, I, you know, I'm 18, so I'm out of the country, not, not even out of home. I'm out of the country in another place, and they let us loose. And whenever we would go clubbing, all the guys that would hang around from my unit would like to go out and start fighting, just starting fights with, you know, the local Germans on the economy. They would just wild out and whatever, and it just – because of how I was raised, it just wasn't my thing. Right. And one night they got into a huge fight with these uh, uh, Arabian guys. And my common sense, my little angel on my shoulder, a.k.a. my grandmother, was like, boy, sit your ass right still. Don't go out there. Oh, man, we ride together. Come on, man, B. We about to go ahead and ride on these dudes. I'm like, y'all got it. I'm going to sit over here and talk to these girls. I'm, I'm going to make sure the ladies are straight. Y'all cool. Y'all go ahead. So my, my mentor, my boy, came up. He said, smart decision. Watch what happens. Literally. These dudes go out to the parking lot to go fight. And these guys, I have no clue where the hell they they pull out swords. Swords. I'm like, who the, how do you have a, go get a pistol. They pulled out swords, not the big curved swords, but they were like, like
2: daggers.
1: Yeah. Like swords. I'm like, where would you even have them at? Two dudes got stabbed. Uh, Another dude got his arm sliced, and they running and screaming, hollering. The dudes walk up on me, and they just looked at me and said, respect. I said, hey, cool. And they walked off, and they left. And I was just like,
0: man. I mean, I can't think of a specific instance right now that makes me feel like that's a story I would tell. But I will say this. there There's, I mean, numerous times my gut said, don't go out tonight. Don't go out with this group, this person. And you got to listen or to your gut. don't, don't get involved, you know, in stuff like you're saying. Like, I mean, there's so many different ones. You know, I, I moved every three years growing up. So, I had to learn to adapt and read situations and different people really fast. And, I was the really tall, skinny, lanky kid that, man, I just got picked on. Like, bad. Like, if anybody could say they got hazed or bullied, man, I feel like I could I could take gold in every place that I lived up until about the point of going to Connecticut. You know, Wichita, Kansas, was absolutely brutal.
1: Wichita's hood.
0: Wichita. Yeah, is Wichita's hood. hood. I mean, I went to an almost all black school. Wichita's like, hood. I mean, like it it was rough, man. I mean, I lived in a duplex across the street, and I could not make it from the front door across the parking lot. Pass the crossing guard To my front door Without getting jumped Multiple times a week I mean like all the damn time Like I had to learn to fight I had to learn to defend myself And I had to learn how to Find ways to put myself In good situations Or protected situations Where I didn't get myself Involved in things So you know there's a lot of things Like that like I you know, I can think of I had a friend in Connecticut that, I hung out with this dude that was Puerto Rican. Well, I had a lot of Puerto Rican friends, but one of the dudes I hung out with, it started off because I was decent Spanish and he was like, he just didn't care. And he was like blowing off Spanish class. So he'd copy my assignment, whatever. And he was Puerto Rican. It was Puerto Rican. I'm I'm talking about like, it wasn't like he had a problem with it was doing the
1: work oh he could speak it he like just didn't want to do it. he didn't want to conjugate right. no he verbs didn't he wouldn't do none of that He'd be stuff like, hey okay. let me see this
0: real quick so he could copy my stuff and we became friends well i noticed that like helping this dude out and hanging out with this dude people were not messing with me like he had a rap and like he ran with one of the latino gangs around there and i didn't really know to what extent i didn't know if it was a rumor or whatnot. But, you know, there's a couple times he asked me to meet up with him and he was like, yo, can you take this bag and, you know, take it to the field house and give it so and so or whatever. And I'm so glad I said no, because the dude that said yes, that felt intimidated and did it, got popped with like, I mean, I don't even know how much drugs and just shit that
1: he was. Take this bag. Don't, don't yeah, worry about yeah, the lumps you know, in like, it. Just take it. You may feel a little hazy as you're carrying it, but just dump it up. Come on, Yeah,
0: man. you know, just there's just so many instances like that as a kid that I remember, and like I said, most of them just were, it was a gut instinct that, like, this is a bad situation, don't get involved in this, and go on down the road.
1: So what, in your journey then, as we talk about people's journeys, led you on the road to where you are now? Like, you do construction and things like that. So if, if you ever think about life, at that age when you were younger, did you ever think you would end up doing what you're doing now, where you're at now? Isn't it kind of crazy how you make decisions to end up where you are?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, honestly, I mean, you and I talk about this a little bit. I I mean, I I don't care. I'll I'll answer this question. Uh What's up, Josh. Good to see you, my man. Uh, Stacy said to tell you, hi, we got some dirt on you though. You didn't say that she knew you since you were pretty much born and her brother, Phil was there as well. So, uh, my man, Josh, I got some stuff for you. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, brother. Uh, and Biz, he's happy to see you in front of the camera today.
1: Oh, yeah, this is what I look like. Hi. Yeah, yeah for go.
0: those of you that are wondering. We're going to have to get that worked up, this multi-angle thing. where we Yeah, can, like, I got more cameras. When we, when we, I got to figure this thing when out. That figured out the new I didn't place. even plug the
1: mic in today. You going to add a camera to it? You gonna, yeah. You going to mess this shit up the, for real. Uh,
0: But to answer your question, though, no, my journey's taken a lot of different twists and turns and there's a lot of times I thought I made the wrong decision you know like I'll go back and you know I I had an opportunity in my early 20s when my father passed and instead of going back to school going to school like go to college which I'd never done um, or buy a house or you know something really smart with the money I just thought I was going to be an entrepreneur and talked my family into supporting doing a franchise decorative concrete business. Hmm. That was not a good experience. Did I, you learn from it? Though, I right? learned a lot, though. I learned a lot from it. There's a lot of things I learned that I wouldn't do again, things I would do differently. I mean, it taught me a lot, but I wouldn't do it again.
1: But it sounds like you got into your industry early like right out the gate. It's well, you planted the seed.
0: Well, no, what happened was I went I went to the Navy and thought I had that figured out and I hated that. I didn't like it. It wasn't my cup of tea. I got honorably discharged two weeks before I would have graduated boot camp.
1: Oh, you didn't even <clears throat> go like the permanent party. You didn't go to permanent party or no, anything? Oh no, wow.
0: No. So I I got I, I came home and I, I, then I really didn't know what I was gonna do because my whole point of going to the Navy was that I got to travel, see the world and figure out what I wanted to do because part of the reason I didn't wanna just go to school was I had no clue what it was I wanted to do mm-hmm. at that point. And I didn't wanna just waste my parents' money and just go take basic classes. And I didn't really believe, and I still don't, I think that's kind of what's messed up with our education system is, what they're teaching is so outdated and doesn't help people move forward in life. Like memorizing a bunch of useless shit and old formulas and stuff. Like, I mean, if that's the field you're going in and that helps you. Okay. But I shouldn't be required to take this class. Like that. I'm never going to use this shit again in my life.
1: I don't want to derail you, but I, you know, we just either, we talked about it. Somebody said something about a college degree. Don't mean shit anymore.
0: No, it doesn't. I I, I don't think it does. I mean,
1: I really think that entrepreneurialism should be a course. Like when my when my parents grew up, they had vocational high schools that yeah they taught you all the basics. But trade schools. I truly think that I wish we had that now.
0: We're gonna have to have that and get that back because when you know, and I I don't want to derail completely, but if we don't start training kids and getting kids interested in these things. And the shit that a lot of us don't want to do or don't think we want to do or don't weren't taught or don't know how to do. When this when this generation, you know, even in my construction industry, when this and I talk about this with Grady and a bunch of the guys up here that you know, big time custom home builders and stuff like that, when this next generation that has the 20 to 30 year old kids at home and younger, and when their parents that are master carpenters, trim carpenters, painters, drywall guys, electricians, plumbers, you name it, go, go on down the list. Their kids, they've spent their whole life mastering those crafts and becoming really good at them, building up companies and doing all that. They're getting harder and harder to find. And when those guys start retiring and they can't do those physical labor jobs anymore, or they go on to something else because they just physically can't do it anymore. There, we're gonna have a real hard time in America, and I, probably across the world, but in America for sure, getting people qualified to do this stuff—it's
1: hard now in both of our. It's gonna trades, get worse. It's hard to find, like for me, during my marketing company side, it's hard to find good help. Like when I say different photographers, videographers that are hungry, I've run into kids that. They're all cool with it until you give them an assignment that has a challenge to it. Yeah, now nah, I'm good, man, and they literally just walk away. Nah, I'm, I'm cool. Like everybody in the world can't just start a YouTube channel and expect to be a millionaire. No, nah. but unfortunately, that's kind of the mindset that's 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 happened. Yeah. And it's, now, on the, other, on the other end of it, no, I don't think that you have to do the traditional thing, graduate, go to school, get a job, till you retire, and be done. No, I think you should be an entrepreneur, a free spirit, but we're not teaching kids. Everybody, like even old dog, new tricks, even I just learned uh, the thing about value. And common sense tells you if you provide value to somebody, they will pay you for it. But you do have to means that you have to know what you're doing. You do have to do it when you say you're going to do it. And then have the gumption within yourself to do it better than anybody else. So that way you will be highly referred and recommended and you can become a millionaire. But like you said, some of these skill sets that take stick-to-itiveness... People don't want to do it. Everybody thinks it's the easy, you know, all the way when we talked about Alex and they want easy
0: money. Everybody thinks that they money.
1: can watch these late night commercials and take two pills and not do nothing, eat a bag of Twizzlers, and you're going to look like what's that dude's name? Uh, or Zach, take steroids and
0: not even work out.
1: Yeah, but even that's a bad road.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a
1: bad, bad road. I've been there and done that. That's not good.
0: Yeah, it doesn't you know, matter.
1: It doesn't, but it's the easy way.
0: It's the easy way. You
1: know, so it's. But it all starts at home. Common sense starts at home. It's, it's because you are either a product, you're a product of your environment. Yeah. You take values from the streets, you take values from school, and you take values from what your parents or your home life. We did foster care for 13 years. So we had a lot of reprogramming to do. We had a lot to combat against because we would have kids that would go home with their bio parents and all the negativity would go there for a week and then they come back to us and we have to restructure that all again. And that's it's, it's, it's very hard. And kids, they've got so many things coming at them. How do you turn them that way, especially when the adults of the world are leading by the example that's throwing them down that well?
0: Yeah, and you've had all these parents, you know, my generation, even that, yeah, they, they did so much to provide, but they did so little to teach and be there for their kids. And these kids just got used to having everything given to them because they were just... Pushed away with a computer, a, you know, gaming system, whatever. And kids don't go outside anymore. Kids oh. don't play. Kids don't learn. Kids. I have to
1: threaten my son to take his tablet all the time to get him to do something. And that's the only way he'll move. When he comes home from school, the first thing, he'll make sure that thing is charged. He'll make sure it's ready to go. He'll forget all his chores. But, man, that tablet is always A1 on. point. So I, I threatened both of them. I said, this summer, you guys have limited electronics. You're going to, I don't, man, you're going to play with some GI Joes. You're going to create something. I'm giving them a camera. You're going to make me a movie this summer. You're going to make t-shirts. You're going to, you guys are not just going to sit here and stare at a screen. Yeah. I, I just, no matter what. And, but the thing is, as, 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 dad is busy as I am, I'm going to have to carve the time out to enforce that, nurture that and make sure it gets done because we also cry wolf a lot. I'm going to yeah. make you do this. And then you get busy with worry. I got to pay the bills Bye. here's your tablet. No, we, we, it's, yeah. it's self-realization. It, it starts there first. And, and that's, it's hard, but like you said, I never really thought about that point that once the current generation dies off with trades, who's going to be left to do it? Because there's people Ooh. opting not to do it at all. Like, man, I'm good. I mean, I,
0: I, can, I can name multiple trades that are excellent. They've built phenomenal businesses. And they have kids that are... In their early 20s, that didn't wanna to go to school, didn't wanna do this and that. They wanna inherit dad, mom's business, but they don't wanna do the work. I mean, like, they, they, A, they don't know how they've never taken the time to learn, even though they've had every opportunity, or they just don't care. They, they want the money that that brings, but they, they don't wanna do the work. So, I mean, I think we're in a world of hurt in the next decade when these guys start retiring. To find skilled trades, man, it's it's good. AI be, ain't
1: gonna build a house, man. You can AI can design a house, but it ain't gonna get out there and, and put that 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 drywall. I mean, if in. I
0: if I had young kids today, I would be trying to push them to learn a physical trade. You know, whether it's you know, like when I look at my little nephew and he's like a little engineer brainiac. Like the kid is so smart and he loves building and tinkering with things, like. I mean, I I try to buy him, Sarah and I both try to buy him like engineering sets and things where he makes gadgets and robots and stuff like that because he he wants to build things with his hands and and make these things and he's making circuit boards and alarms and all these little amazing things from the time he was like five. I mean, at five, he was doing 11 year olds like engineering kits. Like, Elliot's, so, I son, mean,
1: Elliot's son is doing like straight up college level programming. And this kid is like 10.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like people got to start doing that with trades though, too. Like if your kid is like fascinated by like electronics or whatever, like the wiring, ele- teach them about electricity. You know, I'm saying electricity. It's like thing I'm scared to death of, <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, not, not everybody wants to be a plumber. You know, not everybody wants to be a carpenter. Kid really likes to build something. Teach him how to build stuff. Teach him woodworking. You know, there's so few really high-end trim carpenters that are like really good. kid likes painting. Teach them how to be a badass. Like, not only can they build a really good paint business, and you know, my my boss told me 20 years ago, you want to make a lot of money, go go buy two vans some ladders, some paint rigs, and build you up two solid paint crews. I'll I'll, I'll put them to work all year long. You know, like just him. I had my living
1: room painted, my living room, the whole downstairs, my whole downstairs painted. And I painted my office, and that took me two days and a bunch of mistakes and whatever. These dudes came in and painted my entire house, 3,700 square foot, the, the entire downstairs. And repainted even the big top, repainted the whole ceilings white. Yeah, it was eight grand, but they did it in one day. Yeah, man, took down everything, and when after you got done, I said, "Man, here you go," because well, they know how to prep. Yes, and the, everything man, else. They, they killed it. It's like I saw what value. Yeah, I saw the value in what they did. I just had guys come out and do the roof, and they they killed that roof, gutter, fence, everything in one day, and I only found one nail. Only one, because they had some kind of magnetic vacuum cleaner machine did everything, yeah. you know, because they know, you know, and as, as things evolve, you know, that's the biggest complaint about this season is the nails and all that. I found one nail, and it was literally off to the side under one of my chairs on the front porch, but that was it. So yeah. it's like these guys, you know, I recommended them. He's done six houses on the block. He's whatever. Brung the kids tacos on Taco Tuesday, was cool about everything, and I just say customer <coughs> service, value, how to, how to yeah. get it. But he also told me he inherited – His uncle challenged him. His uncle was doing the roofing thing. His uncle bought, his uncle has a little side gig repairing wrecked cars. Duramax 2,500 Chevy truck, just what you said. He said, take this, get your company name slapping on the side, get you and your boys together, start doing these roofs and look on it now. He said, this is only his first year and he has so much work. He's had to subcontract because he just did it. But he also makes sure that his subcontractors are up to par, whatever, because reputation means well, everything. I remember
0: the mentored him
1: and all day. How to do it. Started with the truck. Yeah. Hung out with him for two summers, did it, and went gave and him did the, truck, the work. And now he does the work. And now he's not on the roof anymore. He is the foreman. But it yeah. does, he's still making sure everything gets done, when and he, he knows everything the work about and it. And how to do yes, it. Yeah, see, I said two summers, but even that's nothing. Two, three-month periods, and maybe some weeks or whatever, to really learn the trade, understand it. Then he said he maybe took another two months with his crews, and now he knows and understands the work. He gets it. He can delegate it. He can inspect it. And if he's short, he can do it. Yeah, man. And dude's like 26. Yeah. He's good. There's, common, common there's lots of
0: instances like that. I mean, so, yeah, to answer your question when you start off with, did I, did I think – this is what I would be doing now. Is it what I always envisioned or dreamed of doing? No. Um, And you and I talked about doing a show or two, or you even talked about doing a whole podcast just on.
1: Being 50 and starting over.
0: Yeah, or being 40 and starting over, you know, like however you want to look at it. I think we all ask ourselves those questions a lot of time because I think People don't spend enough time and or they get hung up and mix up purpose and passion.
1: Yeah. Um, But how do you identify how you
0: identify and do that? And I I think that's what led me on my journey a lot because I couldn't figure that out. And I always figured, you know, I, I just always try to put myself in situations where I learn and I can also You know, put myself in a situation where if I give some value, I can probably get some value. You know, whether that's a simple conversation, sometimes they lead to other things, you know. And you might discover from talking to somebody and putting yourself around other successful people, other people doing things that you have interest in you're gonna pick up and learn other things. You and are
1: think, the sum of the five people that you hang around.
0: Yeah, and you know, everybody can hear that. Do you hear it, uh, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, And until you get around a person or people, depending on how fortunate or lucky you are, that really do inspire you or make you question things or challenge you or make it to where you see a different side of something or a different perspective that doesn't really sink in at least it didn't for me it still doesn't at times Uh, but the more I put myself in situations to be around people that do more, have more are happier, whatever however you want to look at that until I do that those things don't happen Mm -hmm. you know and i I feel like personally i go through waves like i go through waves where i am super motivated and then i go through waves where i'm you know man i might just be kind of chill or i might even be down like mental health is a real thing people need to take care of their mental health Mm -hmm. they need to be able to recognize when they're not you know and, you know, I had this conversation my. I don't mind putting this out there. I mean, I, I had this conversation with my wife recently. I was like, you know, I have so many things going really good for me and, you know, I'm pretty successful. I make a good living. And, you know, I've had times recently where I just like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. I mean, that's probably my biggest struggle throughout life is I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Like. I could be doing more. I could have done this. I should be doing this. I could do that. I could do this. And sometimes I feel lost in that. And that gets me trapped up in my head bad. And, you know, sometimes I shut down and I'm not, you know, even with my wife, who's one of my best friends in the whole world, even my older brother, or my younger brother, my older brother, you know, I, you know, I have these conversations with some of them and, and those that are really close to me. But I mean, there's a lot of times that I, I really struggle with that man like to be completely honest like i i have to put myself in certain situations being back in the gym helps me tremendously like i swear to god that shit like rewires my brain i could wake up and not be feeling it and i kind of have to tell myself i picked this up off this cat uh i'll give him a little shout out ryan Steumann. Um some people are gonna love, some people hate this dude. Like he's kind of a motivational person, sales guy, um, been to prison, all kinds of stuff. But his name, he has a tattooed on his hand, FYE, fuck your excuses. That's what it means, fuck your excuses. I, I have to tell myself that a lot of times in the morning and be like, fuck your excuses, you know, like go. And the minute I get in there and start doing work, and you know whether it's cardio day banging some weights man my whole like chemistry my brain my feeling everything well, you're already changes. in it
1: you you committed to something and when you're already in i it, just started you doing going.
0: something but if i sit around on my ass and don't do stuff man i can get i can get i can get all up in my head and i mm-hmm. i get bad about that at times man because then i start questioning everything like you know if, if things just you know and and there's peaks and valleys and everything you know and I, I can get caught up in that real easy. It's something I struggle with and I have to work on constantly. Um, so, I mean, this started out from having a common conversation about, do, am I where I'm at because it's where I thought I'd be at? Or is it where I thought I'd be at? Like, no, I mean, I've made a lot of different choices in business and stuff. So uh, quick, short recap. I mean, I left the Navy. I came home. My dad told me I had to get a job or go to school. I didn't want to go to school even at the you know, quad C or whatever and just start going to school because I still had no clue what I wanted to do. Well, my mom's like, well, hey, they got a job at this insurance company she worked at in the mailroom. Why don't you at least do that? It pays pretty good. You'll work, you know, eight to four and eight to five, whatever, and you're going to get benefits and all that stuff while you're figuring it out, whatnot. So I started doing that. Well, I just kept doing that, and I started kicking ass at that. Well, then my boss now's wife came and was like you don't need to be in this mail room what, what the hell are you doing in this mail room like she started giving me more and more tasks well then she mentored me into being a claims adjuster assistant and then i started assisting these adjusters well that only lasted for about six months and i got so good at that and they're like you need to be an adjuster then they sent me to school to get my adjuster's license and then they put me on a desk and i I went all through the company really fast, like, and this old guy was retiring that uh, Neil, Neil was awesome, but Neil, Neil worked way too long in life and Neil was like, way should have retired 10 years sooner, you know, like that type of dude. Well, they knew he was coming up and he was the only guy that handled commercial property they mentored me into that and they said you're going to take over neil's desk but by the time Neil retired, and a few months later i'm on this commercial property desk where i'm handling stuff up to like a million two million dollars and my my boss's boss is the only other person that has any knowledge in this arena and he's the only person that can like approve stuff for me like, i mean i had like half a million dollar authority level to approve and close claims at like 21 years old and it just grew from there and then i decided i wanted to try the field for a little bit that company separated i turned down being one of the three people asked to go to colorado long story short i ended up going over to another insurance company safeco and i went into their mold and foundation specialty unit until they wrote that out of the policies pretty much um, and i did that until my dad passed but at that point i was kind of like getting stressed out My blood pressure, everything, you know, hereditary was affecting me drastically. At 24, I'm being told I'm going to have to be on blood pressure medicine and this stuff at an early age. And I was like, man, this this job's too stressful because everybody that's insured thinks they're insured to where when they have a loss, it's just you get stuff replaced. That ain't the case. People are dealing with one of the worst things that's ever happened to them, car wreck. Fire, flood, some kind of loss. So you're loss. dealing
1: with their emotions and
0: I'm having to on top
1: of and then the news them, you have to give them. And
0: then have to give them bad news like, Hey, yeah, you have coverage, but you only have five hundred dollars for X. You have twenty five hundred dollars for this.
1: But now you're not in charge. You're, and you're you have the to after prove the fact. You're not the agent that gets them covered correctly. You're the after I, I'm the, the
0: adjuster fact. handling their claim. Oh, then yeah. you know, and I'm dealing with these agents and everything else like Man, it was it was a stressful job. So then then I started the decorative concrete business. Then the recession hit and people quit spending money on their outdoor spaces and you know.
1: Is that like the cobblestones and the pavers and all that other stuff? I got into
0: paving for a little bit. I specialize in doing micro thin overcoatings on concrete where I can make it look like whatever brick, stone, oh, acid ast- okay. staining. Stamped concrete, some shit I epoxy would never get. Coatings, all this stuff. I mean, okay. I, did, I did all. I do
1: want it. to do that to my garage. Yeah, it's. awesome I definitely want to do that yeah. to my garage. But
0: I did that for three years, and then right when the business was really picking up, and I had like over a million dollars in contracts, it rained that summer before the economy really shit the bed. It rained from spring all the way through summer, like even if it was just a little bit that day. Can Got a little you know bit of rain, and I lost all these pool contracts and outdoor space contracts, and I finally had to just close the business down and decide to stop shoveling and start digging. You know, quit digging the hole and start shoveling it back in. So I did that. Well, then all my buddies were working in the mortgage industry and were working for Country Ride doing refis, and they were killing it, man. Like, all of a sudden, my buddies, and, man, both these cats had... One had a GED, one, one had a little bit of college, but that was it. And they finagled their way into those jobs and then they got me a job up there, but I had to wait for the next training program, which was like six months away. So, and I'd just gotten divorced. Um, I went to work for one of my buddies that built arbors, decks, fences, gazebos, stuff like that. I worked for him for a whole summer while I was waiting on this program. My current boss had been calling me back when I had the business and trying to get me to come work for him doing what I do now. And I always turned it down. Well, I get on it countrywide. I'm killing the training program. Like I'm setting records at this training program. Like, dude, I'm, I'm passing off. I, I refinanced this guy's like 12 property portfolio out of Baltimore.
1: Do you think your experience in tra- with insurance Help with all of that? Or that's just a natural it, knack?
0: It was just a natural knack, man. I mean, I've always had some kind of sales role in a lot of different ways. So sales has always come really easy to me. So, you know, once I once I grasp a knowledge on something and I believe in it and I know it's something I can sell, then I, I can sell it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all those things kind of led to that. Ice to, to an that. Eskimo. Yeah. I mean, like, all that kind of led to that. And then countrywide got caught up in that downfall in the recession and was doing all those bad loans and yeah. stuff and bank of america swooped in a them. and i'm a week from graduating and about to be on the floor and i'm going holy shit you know am i gonna have a job am i gonna get laid off right after complete I'm, i mean i'm the star stud like and my boss now called me he's like yo i just had this guy leave me he went back out chasing storms because a hurricane had hit and he's like, I need somebody. He's like, I don't care what we gotta do. Come work for me. And I had to make a decision right then and there. Were I gonna roll the dice with Countrywide being bought by Bank of America when my all my buddies are making good six figure money, and I've been struggling for a while after everything that happened. So, or,
1: so now here we come. Yeah, the common sense and the gut moment. That's what yeah. th- this sounds like. This, this is, is where your life
0: kind of pivots. This is one of them. That's what i was saying. So I had to make a decision. So they offered me a job. I took a huge pay cut with the promise of it would take me a year or two and I could be in sales and that would get me back up where I wanted to be. So I took that jump because I had more faith in what they were doing than the dice of a big corporate America coming in buying another company that was doing shady things, Mm -hmm. basically, and going on a different path. It took me three years to be able to move from being an estimator into sales. And that entire three years, my buddies continued to murder (laughs) refinancing. And we're making tons of money. And I'm making shit. I mean, like, I'm not making good money now. Compared to my friends. I mean, it's a pay So cut you're, you're from regretting? Where I was. You're regret- I'm thinking I made a big mistake, is what I'm doing. You know, at that point in my life, I'm thinking I, I've got debt from a divorce. I mean, I'm, I'm drowning. I'm living at home with my mom at 24, 20, 24 to 27 years old. I mean, I, I'm drowning. Like, I feel like I really screwed up again. Like, and then it started clicking and singing in and then I I started getting some clients and I started building up my portfolio and then I was able to break off on my own. And then within like six months to a year, I was selling so much that I had to hire my first estimator. And that's when it started clicking. And then it was like, I didn't look back past that. But that also comes back to like, is, is it my passion? No, is it something I'm good at and that I enjoy? Yes, I enjoy helping and working, working with my clients and, and helping them solve problems.
1: So have and you identified a passion yet?
0: I don't. You find, I think you found the question. purpose
1: because when you say helping my clients, even what you do now, I, I see and hear that yeah. in everything you do now. So you've got your purpose, but I, I think your passion, well, one of them is bourbon.
0: I, I, I don't even I mean I, bourbon is I wouldn't even consider Would you call that, that it a hobby? That, that's a hobby That's me. a hobby
1: Okay so That's a
0: hobby well, My passion My passion is helping people and being able to work with people and have conversations you know and really really
1: So your people. passion and your purpose do share the same Yeah Same book
0: Yeah that, That's 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 where that lies So, so if so. I was to
1: ask you if you had a superpower what would it be? What would you consider your superpower? I was, I was asked this in a, in a meeting. We have a men's group, Bourbons and Brims, and the guy had speaking one day about mental health, and he said, he said, everybody in the room, what is your superpower?
0: Hey, thanks, B. I really appreciate that. He's, he's, one, one of my good friends, who is also a client, just said, it's never been about my sales. It's been about what I say and that I back it up.
1: So what would be your I really, superpower? I really
0: appreciate that. That's an awesome compliment.
1: I think they're even telling you what uh, your superpower is right there.
0: Oh, man. See and I don't see y'all. See, he's making me uncomfortable now because I don't like answering this kind of stuff. I yeah,
1: I don't get to be on this side. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm he's he's
0: doing to me what I do to other people on the other side of this mic. Usually, I guess. Um, what would my superpower? be? What would I want it to be? what do I no. What do
1: you think it is based on oh, this how you live like life? If, okay, and I, and I don't it. mean like a super. I super what your, your, your own now. personal superpower that something that's very unique to you that benefits others.
0: I think it's being able to relate to people. Okay. I think it's I think it's being able to relate and 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 listen to people, which is something I really have to work on a lot of times too, which I think is weird to say that like but yet say it's a superpower. It's something like my dad and my mom pointed out things a lot of times when I was growing up, you know, like that I was, I was, I was very impatient a lot of times. Um, I, I I just, I, I get very task oriented and I just want to knock things out. I want to, I want to get the job accomplished, you know, and completed and stuff like that to where I've had to learn to be patient. Patience is something that I think is very important it's something I work on all the time. So that's your I mean.
1: kryptonite to your superpower.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Fair enough. I think that's that's probably very fair analysis. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean just being able to relate to people and, and, and listen to them and help them solve problems and and even if I don't know the answer, finding them the answer and, and doing what I say I'm gonna do and stand standing behind that and you know, one way or another, we're gonna get it done. You know, like that's in my industry, you know, Brian said that, and I think that's awesome. I mean, to hear, to hear him say that, that's that means the world to me. Um, a little bit
1: of validation, but it's well deserved.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, that that that's hard though. That's hard. What, what 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 would
1: be yours? Service, service, service. I am always, volunteer, and it's it, it's it's my superpower, my kryptonite, all in one. Because okay, so both I overcommit you. myself to the point of stupidity to where I, 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 I say it all the time and I, and I have to work on not saying it because there's some people that have no worth and, and nothing to give or offer and I complain about none of my time is my own. Between, yeah. You know, you know, my dad just died last month and so now I'm, 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 taking care, I'm taking care of my mom and I didn't realize how much stuff my, you know, my mom is able to body drives and everything but it's just all the like just taking my mom to her eye doctor appointments because if she gets her eyes, uh, you know, dilated pick her there take yesterday i totally forgot she needed to go to the dentist because they had to do some major work and i had to drive Mm -hmm. her and i had whatever so i picked up that responsibility i have this the responsibility to my family you know making sure that everything is good there i got i have grown kids and i have little kids so i've got the responsibility of checking in and my grown kids are i've got kids that live out of town with grandkids now so it's even hard to carve out the time on the rimmer just to call FaceTime and check in on the grandkids and the kids and do everything else. My daughter who moved from Atlanta to Texas, yeah. I haven't ever since she moved out and her and her fiance got on her feet. We haven't seen each other in three months because everybody's so busy moving. I've got my commitments to you. I've got my commitments to the marketing here at the lounge. I've got commitments with my own business. I've got commitments with another company that I'm helping out. And I've committed so much trying to be of service that I never get five minutes. The only time I get with myself is taking a quick shower and sleeping. That is literally it. And like you said, I thought that the the answer was being busy. I thought being busy all the time is being successful. It is not. Yeah. I spend so many plates. Time is your
0: biggest asset.
1: Time is the biggest thing. And you can't get it back. We can go broke and make money. But time, you can't get back. And You know, if you look at how fast time goes by, it's already Tuesday again. I remember last Tuesday, even though we didn't have a show, I know what I did. It just goes by so quick, so you can't do that. But I love being of service to people because of the naturally given talents that I have. Or I I used to struggle a lot with clarity of purpose. like what is. And the one thing is, I listened to your whole story, what you just said, and if you think about it, you've always gone down the path and touched in, you're in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. Now you play different parts of the field, but it's still in the same wheelhouse.
0: Purpose, yes. When you say passion, to me, it's, it's aligning that passion because passion within those things kind of come and goes for me. You know, like, do you have a practice for gratitude? Or, like, what is gratitude yes. to me? Like, how do, you, how do you keep gratitude in my journal? In, in my check? journal,
1: I have to put down what I'm thankful for every day. Every time, literally, it's a habit I've had since I was 15, and it happened. So, um, if you don't know, I, I DJ. So, I've been a DJ since I was 15. I dj all the high school parties because I have uncles who are musicians, and I tried to play everything. I tried to play the violin. I, I really want to play the drums, but my wife will not let me because she's not going <laughs> to have it. Um, you know, I tried piano and all this stuff, but I love music. And yeah. my Uncle Will had such a huge record collection that I would always listen to music. And they said I did this since I was little, little. Little, little. Like when my, my parents had card parties and they had all these old 45s. Remember you had the stereo, they looked like a big ass yeah. piece of furniture. Yeah. So I would take the 45s. I didn't know what they were. I couldn't even read them, but I knew they had really cool covers. So I put the stack on the little thimble thing and I would just watch how they react. So if they reacted to this record, I put it in this pile. And if they didn't react, I put it in that pile. And I put all the records they didn't react to and back into the stereo. And I left the other pile sitting over here in this chair or something. So every week they come out, I just put that pile on it and watch people have a good time. Yeah. And I, I was like five or six. I mean, so it was like it was always a natural thing. And that was service. And I didn't realize that I just literally said it.
0: You know what you need to check out, not to derail you, but there's a company out of Austin called ATX. You've Is it a record, record shop? Yeah, record there. players.
1: Oh, no. I don't know. But I thought it, was, it was a record shop in buying, Austin. That's amazing. They
0: started out buying those old record consoles like you're talking about and refurbishing them. I would put one and of them putting, in my like, house. And putting like JBL speakers and stuff I into I would do that. Bluetooth. They're they're decking them out. They rebuilt the old tube amps for them. I would and, do that in a heartbeat. Dude, they're Just dope. Because that's part like, of my yeah, story. They like are antiques. Like, yeah. That's part of the like, story. they they're legit as shit. They've they've started making their own now. But well, my passion doing
1: that. with that, so it's kind of hard because my passion is DJing, I, I guess. But it's just become it's like breathing to me. So I just I just do it, and it's, and I don't mean I mean, I humbly said, it's effortless. It is not effortless because it's very hard now with today's music, and I'm being older. Yeah. So because like I did a sweet sixteen party last week, and I was struggling. I I made sure I because it's not like to to, to the traditional ways of looking on the top 40 charts or, you know, I was in radio. I'll I'll talk about that in a second, but you kind of knew what all the hot songs were, but now, you know, we had MTV BET and all that those stations don't even play music videos no more. So yeah. the kids are all getting their stuff from YouTube or from some channel, some mystical place, some wherever. Some
0: indie artists, I, And, and, and we have
1: no idea, but they know every word. So I have to know if it's old school, like anything 2000s and all the way back to the 70s, I got it. That's by memory. That's easy. But new stuff is hard because you don't know where the source is coming from. So yeah. that's where the work to that part of my craft comes from. But my, my, my passion which I'm still chasing is filmmaking. I've been fascinated by movies since day one. And even in my high school yearbook, I wrote to my mom that I was gonna dedicate my first Oscar to her. And the the path that I took is I always had a camera. When I was in the army, I took, you know, I have five or six photo albums of just my life. I've always documented things in my life through photos. Just done it because my uncle was a photographer. And he did it. So I just picked up the hat. I had one uncle that's a musician, the other one that's a photographer. So I got, and they grew up, we all oh. grew up in my grandma's house, so I kind of got best of them. So I uh, went from high school DJing to the Army, you know, and I was electronic tech. So I fixed computers in the Army because I thought, yeah. hey, maybe this is something, even though I sucked at math, um, that would help out. But I DJed when I wasn't at work in the Army. Because once you get past basic training and go to permanent party, you literally go to a nine-to-five and then you're off. So I would DJ at the clubs on base, did that. I DJed in Germany. I DJ'd in Korea. I DJ'd all these other places that never stopped. And I would take photos. Got out of the Army. And then I took my computer background and I fixed credit card terminals for First National Bank. Okay. Just fixing credit card terminals. Got let go from that. Then I went and I got married and I started selling cars. Sold cars for like six years. Did that. Got, you know, got tired of that had a buddy start an alarm company. Everybody was in this big alarm installing alarms thing. So I started doing sales for that and ended up DJing a party for a very popular guy at a university of Nebraska and a new radio station came to town. And one of his college friends was the program director. And even though they weren't allowing in Omaha, everybody else in the world had live DJs on the air. He wasn't doing it. And I had to find a way in. So I went and I started selling radio so I was selling advertisements for the radio and my other buddy I was doing the parties for said hey this dude is really good let him do a live radio he said I don't trust that but he let me make a CD he gave me all the records because you know radio stations get in so I got all the music I can I had everything and I would make a 15 minute CD for everybody to drive home and everybody was like wait a minute there's a live DJ on the radio and I'm on Nebraska driving home oh wow they're like nah I'm kind of pre-recorded then it went to a 30 minute CD then it went to an hour long CD and one day I was like hey man can I just bring my equipment in here and just leave it here and just do it live? Just, I won't mess up. I know what I'm doing. And we ended up having the number one time slot in the whole city. And it got to be so big. I started getting asked to do proms, started getting booked out. I was making way more money DJing on the air for an hour on the side than I was at my job there. So then I started getting endorsements like, you know, my cable bill was free now because cost cable was giving me a cable bill. Hey, I'm busy, B. Get Cox yeah. Cable because I listen. And it just started driving cars for free, started doing all this stuff. And one day my boss came to me and said, Hey, you can't do both. You can't be earning a salary and, and all this stuff over here doing sales yeah. and then doing program. So you got to choose. Same thing, crossroads you hit. So if I went on the air, they can only pay me $9 an hour. $9 an hour. I got mortgage, I got family, I got little I got all this yeah. stuff going on. I'm making about. 50 grand over here. Which one? But then I just... It's just... Your gut says, you can do something with this. Yeah. So I quit sales. I went full-time DJ, $9 an hour, just DJing one hour away. But then, he started grooming me to do an air shift. Then, you know, and I didn't... You know, most people in radio in that time, you had to go to school for broadcasting and all that stuff. No, I was coming in through the basement. Right. I was just doing, you know, experience. Mm. So I started doing weekend air shifts. I started learning how to program radios use clocks telling you when this all this other stuff happens and I still did my thing and I became pretty popular then one day literally cloak and dagger a competing radio station was launching a new station they said we want an all-black urban station because Omaha didn't have one the only time that you had black radio in Omaha was when I was on the air for that one hour right. Then everything else was Britney Spears and NSYNC that's as close as we got right and um I was like okay Uh, I don't know how to be a pro. You really had to have like a bunch of radio experience and college to be a program director. Yeah. They just handed me the keys to a building and said, go for it. I had, I walked in the building and was like, what do I do? And I had no support. I had no help. But luckily a lot of guys, one was from here in Dallas and all these other radio guys I kind of met. They all literally mentored me from other cities. Via email, via phone call, showed me what to do. They showed me the basics, and we took that radio station to the number one spot, and it's still there to this day. But we created a radio station from the ground up. So then yeah. I went from making nine dollars an hour to where bought a brand new house out west Omaha, had everything. Wife was driving a seven sixty, at Jeffersons like crazy, <laughs> and it was. And I did that for thirteen years, and I never in my life thought that. DJing would like, and then when the camera comes back into play, I started playing local artists on the radio, giving them a shot to have some exposure, and music videos and all that stuff started happening. So I bought yeah. a camera, I started shooting music videos because they said the best way to be a filmmaker, the practice is shoot music videos because they're three minute little mini movies. Yeah, started shooting music videos on the side. So running the radio station, DJing on the weekend. And doing music videos for everybody. Now, at this point, I never took one picture with the camera, it was all for video. Um, then on my birthday, I got called into the office, budget cuts happened, and I'm like, how can you fire the black dude, the face of the black radio station? And it's like, like this here's your severance package, and you're gone. It was over, it was done. It was, yeah. I was out of there. And I'm like, out of 13 years of doing that, I knew nothing but radio, I had no other skill set in mind. I'm sitting here freaking out, and I looked at the camera, and I'm like, okay, let's... Uh, I went to work and did marketing for a local stereo shop because I'm really big in the car stereo, so I did that, yeah. but I started learning the camera more and camera more. Then I went to college. I said, you know what? I'm a vet. I get free school. I went, got a degree in photography. We opened up a photography studio, and it did really well for the first two years, but then I noticed the city was too small to really yeah. make money because... It's, you know, per capita, there's a million photographers in there and everybody's on the cheap. I'm trying to charge you maximum price because of how good my work is when everybody else is like, well, we'll take mediocre work for less money versus paying you your value. Yeah. And literally, there's a company in Omaha that had they were a wedding company and they had affiliates all over the country and they had one in Dallas. And I've been trying to move to Dallas forever. And I'm just like, hey, um, you have anything down in Dallas? They said, yeah, we need a video photography guy down there. Bad. Got feeling once again. So this is another pivotal point. Yeah. Wife just got a brand new job at a construction company doing numbers. Kids were good. Everything here was all right. But I just felt like I hit the ceiling so hard that I had a concussion. And yeah. I couldn't do anything else. So now you make the choice of use your common sense. Use your gut. Do you take the path of least resistance? Yeah. Or do you take a leap of faith? Yeah. And I, we, we drove down here. We met with the guy, said, I can use you, da-da-da-da-da. And my wife was not on board at all. She's like, hell no. I'm cool right here. Her family's there. Everybody said, yeah. all our family's here, but we, I, there's better opportunities. She's like, nah, we don't know that, blah, blah, blah. And, and just, it was a fight and a struggle, and one day... I'm gonna call this an executive decision, but it was really kind of like suicide. Cause I just like <laughs> look woman, there's going to be a U-Haul outside next week. You're going to be on it or you're not. I sold all my prized possessions and, and, and was loading it up. And that last day that me and my brother were loading the U-Haul up with just my stuff. She comes outside with one of her things, puts it on a truck. She comes outside with another of her things. I'm like, are you going? She's like quoted bad boys. We ride together, we die together, and we moved down here, and, and the rest is like history, yeah, you know. Man. But I went through all those different phases in life, and every pivotal point I think in everybody's life is literally just one gut decision. And, I yeah. mean, and and it was bad when we got here. It was bad for the first two years. It was like, why did I do this? Why did I come down here? What's going? My wife had a yeah. stroke. The job didn't wasn't what it was. All these crazy things happened, but then as you talked about earlier, you stick to it. Things, things start happening. Things start happening. They start, they start turning start around. But I mean, and more than not, I think the problem is that when you run into those things, they come all the time. I mean, we go through seasons. You know, I've, yeah. I've had, I'm, I'm coming out of a season right now. Cause I've been in a funk a little bit just because of I being around a lot of affluent people. It makes you like, man, I want to do this. Man, I want to do that. Man, why can't I have money like him? Why can't I drive what he got? Why can't I have this? And I had to stop worrying about other, people, other people. shit. And just being like, what do you bring? What do you have? And also, the biggest thing is this.
0: And what makes you happy? Just because you have those things, too, does Doesn't not mean it, it's going to make you why happy. Why am
1: I not grateful and thankful for what I have? Because I have a lot more than other people do.
0: I struggle with that a whole lot. Like, that... That is something that, like, that's why I asked you about gratitude earlier. Because, like, that's something I'm trying to work on really hard because it's, like, some of the times when I get in one of my funks, like I was telling you about earlier and we were talking about, I have to, like, really take a step back and just enjoy being, you know, like, kind of.
1: Well, you taught me that. When you journal, why don't you write down the things that you did, like, we think about what we don't have. Do what that. do you have?
0: That's another problem probably lately. I've been so focused on getting my health in check and getting in shape. This is part of I've, that. I've, I, again, yeah, I, I'm with you. But I've, I've let the journaling and stuff slack lately. And that's probably a big part of my, like, I'm going, being up in my head. Going out because, of town like, tomorrow, not, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Not putting those things down. Because, like, just taking a moment to sit back and be thankful for what you do have. I I have to make time for that. Like, I don't do that enough and just sit back and like,
1: man. just having your health alone, having your health alone. When there's people that yeah. are in dialysis and all these other things, all I mean, just stuff, all man. those things. Yeah. They're not worried about none of this shit that we complaining about. We don't have. Yeah. And you yeah. have to say that out loud to yourself to be like, If you watch the news and see all this shit that's going on and you have to look around, you'll be like, shit, I'm thankful I have everything and we are where we are. Or you just get
0: caught up in the few bad things that are going on. You know, like I recently, I'm not going to go into this because this would start so much stuff, but a tough decision had to be made at work. And it wasn't how I saw things happening or going. I was upset about it at first, and then it went bad, and it got worse, and now I'm kind of behind the eight ball a little bit, and I've got to add to my team, and I've got to, you know, I've got to do some things to to make life go back to where it's easier, it's more productive. It, so reach
1: into fun. that bag of experiences of life you've already been in.
0: Right, right, but that's what I'm saying, though, like, but it's real easy for a lot of people. That's why I wanted to talk about it to this extent was one or two little bad things can make you lose sight of all the good. And if you don't take some kind of time or way to have some kind of gratitude practice or just something that to sit back and be thankful for all the things you do have, you can get caught up in that. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle and they get, they get caught in that. I do it from time to time I have to sit back and look like, you know, I've, I've got an awesome wife. I have an awesome family. Most people in my family have really great health right and now. And I think that's
1: where you the know. biggest thing is when we talked earlier about you, you are who you surround yourself with. Because now yeah. if you have a support group, because I have negative Nancys in my life that I've kind of pretty much let go. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that you gravitate towards that bullshit if mm-hmm. you keep it on. So now you're, whatever your situation is now, you would just be on the negative end of that. But when you have more of positive people, positive things, you'll find the. You're always going to find the well, solution. Well,
0: sometimes you got to make time for that too, because like you know, you can have, you can have people in your life too or family that starts family that starts going through some stuff, and if that's negative or causing negative things, that adds stress to your relationship and other things that you know, add that on top of it. You really have to make time. To be grateful for the other good things. Well, the one thing
1: I know that helps is everybody. I don't care if it's Sarah, if it's you, if it's this, is that me. I now desire just moments to recharge. Yeah. You you have to take a break and recharge. And that's one thing my wife is so off the chain with. When I went through a rough spot right after my dad died and I had all these responsibilities and she's like, and I had to go do an event out of town and the event got canceled, but I still had the plane ticket. Yeah, and she's like, I remember this. she said, "Yo, go, go sit in a hotel, journal, do whatever, be by yourself." She says, "Go unplug for two or three days, since the plane ticket is still there, and reset yourself." And I'm looking at her, "Why don't you do it?" Because she she won't, but she's kind of built way Does different.
0: Still work, by the way, though. But you like, what are you saying though? You also need to find a good friend too, uh, you know, like checks in on you and stuff like that, and have those people around you too. Because I know I even this cat was still working like we all told him like go yeah go do you like bro go it's that we busy it work of commitment worrying about everybody no else tell. yeah you do you but it's like even i remember sending you a, a, a text you did. message you did that check i was on like me. you did i was like yo stop doing biz I'd la- and stop I was laughing,
1: this. I was laughing because I was editing something, I, I was doing d- something. I know
0: you're still doing this. And I was like,
1: like I had to put my laptop, like, click, damn. I, first of all, the first thing I did, I looked around the room. Yeah. I said, this dude got cameras and something. Like, <laughs> and I had to, like, stop it, and I went and called my boys up. We went and had a cigar, and we sat and we laughed about childhood. And, 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 and I really do think that when you are filled with something, you know, you got to take time to get to know yourself, because yeah. you can solve anything, but for me, it's just hard to turn the not even yeah. the bees in the can buzzing like journaling, but yeah, I like it's like literally even today. And I love my mom, to death, and everything. And I'm just like, Look, everybody, er, I'm off, yeah, for the next 24 hours. I do not exist, yeah, because if I don't, I am going to just lose myself. I, th- I can't be no good to you I if I don't know biggest,
0: me. Yeah, you, you're kind of hitting it too. Like, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me and Sarah a lot of times is when I do that she can't do that. Or when she does it, I can't do it. But you know, that's like, fair enough, though. If yeah, no, somebody but, picks up but, the
1: weight while the other one is taking the back, that's right, cool.
0: But, but I feel like, too, relationship-wise, too, like we need to find some time where like both of us do that. And, yeah, Brian, you're freaking right on, man. Like, Cancun, yeah, we're definitely doing that. We're definitely going to do a little recharging down there. Uh, he said to tell you sorry for your loss with your father, too, uh, by the oh, way. Oh, Appreciate it, man. All, not acknowledge that. Oh,
1: no, no, it's a um, circle of life.
0: Well, let's, let's tell everybody a little bit about what, what happened yesterday.
1: Yesterday was very interesting. So, hey, so this is a part of it. This was an yeah. idea that you had. You literally had an idea. And you said, I want to yeah. do this. And now, as it's we're coming to fruition, to and we kind of did, if anybody tuned in yesterday, we went on a sneak peek live thing to where we're looking at another um, show yeah. And this is kind of bringing back the age of MTV unplugged and it's giving exposure to artists and getting back to the roots of music. I just got goosebumps. Music. So cool. And I was like, I'm you know, and I'm very optimistic, so I'm like going into this. but once we went into this venue and seen how it was set up and everybody was so welcome and open and some friend of, of Garrett's came in and they played and they were off the charts. like, damn, this is good. And to see it, to talk with them, to hear their story, and it reminds me of this podcast because you got a chance to get into the world, and uh, and we will have that episode. Yeah, uh, we actually did it downloaded. live, we'll but we're going to download the episode so you can tidbit. see it. Um, but to see the thing of giving artists a chance to get exposure that's a little more focused on them, so they don't get lost in the minutia yeah. of everybody. Because I remember the world where you had to have talent in order to get a shot instead of not any and everybody can get online and just put whatever out, I think this gets back into the focus of it. And it's really a great way to give exposure to something that's, I, did, I got an education of, of the music scene here in Dallas. I was back in the other room talking to one of musicians and I was like, I had no clue they had all these spaces where people get together and jam and what yeah. they do and where it's at Arlington is starting to really come up with the live music scene. So I think this idea that you have birth is going to turn into something big.
0: I hope so, man. I think, I think we're, we're on to something here. I think it's, you know, I'm going to put it out there for everybody that watches and listens to this podcast. If you've got a product or a company, whatever, you want to get sponsored and you want to you be a part of this, reach out. You can hit me up at Garrett at commonsensethepodcast.com. The website's going to be launching real soon. Uh, it's going to have a schedule on it where you guys are going to be able to see who the upcoming guests are. And what what I think, that this isn't firm yet because we're just now, this is all starting to come together a little bit more now. So, if you guys tuned in like I gave you the heads up on a couple weeks ago last night, my friend's band, uh, my good friend Matt Hinchy, he brought his band out, Mockingbird, they're really good local live music. You guys should check them out. They don't gig a lot. They gig pretty hard in the fall when it's nice outside, and they'll have a they'll have a full album coming out. They just did a little EP that came out. I think it's got five or six songs on it. Um, don't quote me on that, but it's really good. You can find Mockingbird on all your major platforms. Check them out. They're really great, even better live. But what we did is we found a space that we may do some combination podcasts for. So I don't know if it it's going to have a separate name for, say, on the shows that involve this, because it's going to be strictly about music. We're going to bring bands in. I have a lot of connections. Biz has a lot of connections to local musicians, artists. And we're going to literally bring back MTV Unplugged. Um, we're going to bring it back in a sense that we're going to get local bands to come in raw, live, acoustic. We're going to put on a show for you guys. I don't know if this is going to be once a month, every other week.
1: But, but we'll have a schedule up. It, we'll, have a we get schedule it, we'll have a schedule up. Schedule the up. schedule
0: go up. I'm not going to announce the name of it yet. Um, just because I gotta finish securing all that uh, and making sure that's all tied up, so nobody steals that name because I've had that name for, I don't know, seven to ten years
1: now. It, it's it's time.
0: It's time. So like, no, we do I gotta, have
1: a trademark lawyer. I'm right gonna here. buy
0: the yeah. I'm gonna talk to okay. the trademark guy. We're gonna get the trademark stuff done on the name for it. Get the domains bought so we can link that up. But what what's gonna happen is you, when we announce this new name for the music show you guys will see that highlighted on the you know when we launch the website fully that'll come out and you'll see that you know where on a certain week you won't see a guest set up there you'll see the the show name and what band is coming on and that'll be an interactive thing you guys will be able to when we get this all sorted out you will be able to have a subscription And you can log in, you can watch the event live, um, watch the whole performance. It'll be a full music production show, video, sound, the whole kit and caboodle. You can watch it in your backyard, you can watch it at home on your TV, wherever you can log in, you can log in and watch this. So it'll be followed by a podcast with the band. There will be opportunity to um submit we're gonna have different levels of membership where you guys can log in and you can send in questions if you want to like, you know the band or you want to ask the band certain questions. We'll pop that in. I will be interacting with the band throughout the set and kind of you know, and there'll be live albums put out if the band chooses from these shows. So that's going to be more on a band by band decision I think because some of them have different, agreements and contracts and stuff like that but that live raw footage will be there for them to use how they would like at the end of the day putting that out there so if if any of you listening or watching this have interest in the music side of this and have bands you want to recommend you want to refer to us you want to put out there send them our way i'm happy to talk with them again you can hit me up at garrett at sense the podcast.com Uh, It's a direct email to me. Uh, You hit me up on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, however you're connected to us, feel free to reach out, uh, and we'll start entertaining more of this, and it's going to start. I would imagine you'll probably see your next first real live show. I'm shooting for either July or September. Um, I'm probably going to be September-ish because – That'll be the anniversary of one full year of podcasting here. Hmm. So yeah. September is kind of my end goal. If we can get something together before then and do something in July, that might happen. But it's it's not like we're going to start a whole nother podcast and it's just going to be another thing for now. We're going to gradually build this thing up. It'll be a part of this show. So one week you might just have a guest in here like you guys are used to seeing. Next week you might have a full on show, and we'll keep you apprised as those things change. Well, it was We're, fun
1: putting you on the hot seat. I'm gonna get over here for producer's duty as you as you rap and do what you do. How yeah, you do well, whatever. We
0: still got you. Still got a good. We still got a good fifteen.
1: I don't even know. I, I'm not even. Used to, yeah, I'm used to looking you, you at that so, watch. I don't so know. I just felt like it. Okay.
0: Ain't gonna, we ain't gonna. cut them off that short. We'll keep rolling for a few. My bad. I don't know what time. You're good. Seven thirty.
1: Oh man, I'm thinking it's like seven. Time goes by. Yeah,
0: I'm telling Crazy. you, it goes fast when you're in here. But we're gonna we're gonna put all that stuff out there. You know, if you guys got questions, you know, hit them, hit us up on here. Send us some stuff over. We're happy to answer that stuff. Uh, we are also. It may come to a point here in the next few months where we don't do the live. You guys might just get the show put out. That's up for debate right now. So those of you that tune in regularly, if you really are enjoying the live and you want that to keep rolling, let me know. We may add that as a part of the subscription service uh, where you can, you know, we do a live for those members on a certain level of membership or something like that. But with the changes that are happening at ICC over the next few months, we don't know exactly how we're gonna pump all that together. But we are gonna keep doing this. It, it, it's gonna evolve a little bit and you're gonna get more. <laughs> is the moral of that story. So you're, you're going to get more music added into here, and it won't just be the you know, the guests like you guys have had in the past. You'll, you'll have the band. So they're really digging it. If you guys go back and check out my live feed on Facebook, uh, it's up on YouTube as well. I went live at the show yesterday, so you guys can kind of get a sneak peek of the main space. Uh, where we're hoping to put all this together and rock and roll from
1: there. True. It's going to be dope.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, I've been trying to find a way to make this work for a long time, and, you know, bootstrapping all of this myself right now uh, <laughs> is a lot, but, you know, we're, we're going to keep partnering up with people and – see what we can put together because i think between you and me we're gonna
1: rock this uh no yeah yesterday's test was great so as we kind of fine-tune that be perfectly fine
0: well man what 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 do you want to end on what we want to scare all the sponsors off and talk about something taboo or what what are we going to do here
1: uh, you know, honestly, I I think that just diving in more a little bit, getting to put like switch roles for a second was kind of cool. So, I don't want to. It, it's it's almost it's golden where it's at for me because we we covered a topic that started one way, then really got center pointed on another way, and it's almost like I don't want to. Yeah, taint it like it's 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 perfect where it's at.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you guys this. Well, we're gonna wrap this one up here a little bit early, but a lot of you have been asking for me to bring on more industry people. So.
1: Industry like what? Like Industry experience? and
0: multifamily. So with okay. what I do with construction, I've, I've been asked a lot. People want me to bring on more people from the ownership management side. They've enjoyed when I've done that. They want me to bring in other people within the industry that are affiliates, partners, providers, suppliers, I'm gonna be bringing up a lot of. I'm gonna be bringing up a lot of those people. I'm, I'm working on it now. Next week, I'm gonna have Mike Follis in here. Um, so I'm gonna say about that for right now. But you guys asked for it. Him and I hooked up at uh, the uh, state trade show this year and talked about it. He was game to come on, so I'm gonna bring Mike on here those of you in the industry most of you know who mike is he's been on every damn board